probably gave you a dollar and didn't know it. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> you pretty stupid. <laughs> so stupid. It'd been five dollars. Thank you very much. <laughs> I told my boyfriend he's only allowed to put twenties in there, and he's not getting them back. You're listening to the Nacho Kids podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. David. Yes, darling. I love you today. <laughs> what do you want? I'm hungry. <laughs> okay. Will you fix me supper? Sure. You're supposed to ask me what kind of cereal I want. <laughs> oh. <laughs> is, that my, is that my love language now? Cooking? I appreciate so much that David does not care if I cook supper or not. He will just go grab a bowl of cereal. He don't complain about it. I had a friend of mine that I remember one time her husband said he was hungry, and it was like 930 at night. And um, She said, well, honey, I'll fix you a grilled cheese sandwich. And he like flipped his lid, and he goes outside, and he's mad, and he's talking to me, and he's smoking. He's like, can you believe that crap? A grilled cheese sandwich. And he just goes on and on. I said, dude, you could have fixed you a steak by now as long as you've been out here complaining to me about it. But that wasn't his mentality. Mm-hmm. His mentality was that woman had to cook for him. But he knew before he married her that she don't cook. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's like these men want a five-course dinner every day, not just Sundays. They want a Sunday <laughs> meal on Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know your mama spoiled your kids that way. Well, my mama cooked a lot and still does. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we were raised on, you know, five-course meal or whatever. Every single day, mm-hmm. at least for dinner. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, now that Mama's old, she does it for lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eat a big lunch and then you kind of eat a something light for dinner. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I do anyway. I mean, I kind of that's because I don't cook. <laughs> I, I eat a big lunch and then don't. I'm not that hungry for dinner. You know. See, it's the opposite for me. I'm starving by then because I usually haven't eaten throughout the day. Yep. I don't get to go to fancy work lunches like you do. Well, it's part of the benefits. Of having a real job. <laughs> Did y'all hear that? <laughs> Let me introduce y'all to Little Nerfy. <laughs> little Nerfy is my Nerf gun. <laughs> Since I'm sitting far away from David and can't smack him, Little Nerfy cost me $1.98 at Walmart. <laughs> he comes with three bullets and has a keychain attachment. And he's tough. He will shoot all the way across the room and make you scream like a girl. Y'all want to hear David scream like a girl? Don't shoot me. I'm going to shoot him. You want me to shoot him? Let's take a vote. You see all them people voting, David? Look, it's like 20 million people just voted for me to shoot you with the Nerf gun. I got to do it. Hang on. Little Nerfy. Here he comes. He's caught. You ready? Oh. Did you hear that? Little Nerfy. And I mean, he's not but like one, two, three and a quarter inches long and maybe one, two, three and a quarter inches high. I'm powering this little thing. That thing's dangerous in your hands. Little Nerfy, I love you. Thank you. Yeah, little Nerfy's going to be in the trash whenever you're not looking. I'm not leaving him out, stepmama. <laughs> you mean stepmama? Throwing everything away. You better leave Nerfy alone, little <laughs> Nerfy. Okay, this guest we talked to a while back, mm-hmm. and we enjoyed talking to her because you had a great idea of a app that could be created. Should I tell people this, or are they going to steal our idea? It don't matter because I ain't got time to do it anyway. Okay. So <laughs> it's an app that stepmoms can use to log, 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 
their emotions or their feelings. Mm-hmm. So like you could have an app that says, check here if stepkids are, are there with you. You check there and say, how are you feeling? And it'll say, angry, angrier, angriest. <laughs> and you pick that. Or you can choose stepkids not here. How are you feeling? Peaceful, more peaceful, most peaceful. And you choose that. And then you keep up with it. Okay. But what started this conversation, and we started laughing when she told us this, that her and her significant other have an Excel sheet of their fights. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, but it it cracked me up at first. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's hard to do. But I do think that if you're tracking what you're having, I wouldn't say necessarily arguments, but any kind of discussion, you're tracking that information. You know, I, I don't know. I think I have a different outlook on a lot of things because being a business owner, I think of things a lot of times in terms of that. And so when I look at sometimes you and I having uh, problems or things we need to discuss about family or whatever, I almost kind of look at it like, you know, a board meeting. <laughs> you know, if you have a, a business and there's problems and you, you know, you come in and you bring in your board of directors or whatever, and then you decide, okay, let's identify what these problems are that we're having. Let's discuss the issues and how we're going to solve them. And then who's going to be responsible for you know, implementing this solution? Mm-hmm. And a lot, of the, a lot of the family dynamics are exactly the same, and they should work the same. But instead, what people do is they get into arguments and fights, and you know, it just becomes a bunch of mud slinging at each other. And then everybody walks away just being mad and hurt, and nothing gets accomplished. Mm-hmm. And the change that needs to happen is that you're not mad at the person, you should be mad at the situation because the situation is what needs to change and the people need to see what that is and then they'll affect the change you want. They'll affect the change you want or they'll... Well, think of it this way. If if you wanted me to um, to, to stop with a certain behavior, um, throwing it in my face and then having an argument about it is not going to get me to change as much as it is just saying, here's an issue that... Uh, that we need to solve and let's discuss it and let's figure out what the options are and how we can um, both figure out what to do. And sometimes that figuring out what to do may not be what you thought it was. So it'd be more creating the change you want, not affecting the change you want. Yeah, that's fine. You can use that. Yeah, that's what confused me. So, you know, you're just going to get, you're just going to get buy-in on what needs to happen. Especially with kids, it works a whole lot better with kids as well because, when especially teenagers because you're going in there and you're you know giving them ultimatums and this is what you're going to do and then um you know sometimes you're going to start getting pushback at certain ages and oftentimes if you want things to happen the way you want them to happen then don't take away their ability to choose and so give them a choice of what to do and um and you'll get you'll get change and things will happen differently but you have to be creative when you approach things like that and you can't always just walk in and slam things down on the table and say, this is, this is going to change and it's going to change now. (laughs) Well, that's like we talk about not showing when you change your perspective on things and you're a happier person, you'll, the people around you can't help, but be less grumpy, Mm -hmm. you know, cause you pick up on each other's moods. Yep. I do think it's funny, though, when she started saying that they record their fights, I'm sitting there thinking that it's like, oh, we're fighting. Hang on. Let me bust out my phone and hit record. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, no. Like, we track them in Excel. And, you know, if we've had a fight about whatever, then we look and go, oh, yeah, we've had this fight before. This is what we did to resolve it kind mm-hmm. of thing. I mean, it, it is pretty cool. I like it. Yeah. But it definitely takes two people with that 
mentality and that strength uh, set of skills to do that. Well, they're both analysts. Right. Yeah. So you can imagine that's. Well, there is a limit on how many lines Excel will hold. So David <laughs> and I would have ran out probably year two when all the crap was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd attract ours and be like, we've argued about this thing 1,500 times already. No, because the point is, when you see where you argued about it, you saw what you did to fix it. Well, that's just it. We didn't do anything. Oh, yeah. Well, fix. it didn't fix it. We it just argued about it. it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, David, hush. Quit talking. Gosh. Let's get to listening. All right. We'll do so after a word from our sponsor. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com. Welcome, Jenny, to the Nacho Kids Podcast. Hi, Jenny. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing today? So far, so good, but it's early. (laughs) I'm doing well so far, as David would say. So tell us a little bit about your situation, your blend, you know, how many stepkids you have, any other kids that you have, um, how long you've been together, things of that nature. So I've been dating my boyfriend currently for two years. We knew, our, we knew each other for about a year and a half previously. We actually met when I was working for him in my undergrad. Mm. So after I graduated <laughs> and went on to my master's, we started dating. He is 39 and I'm 25, so we do have that slight age gap. Um, and he has two children. He has a daughter that will be eight in about a month and a son that just turned five. And his ex-wife is very colorful to deal with, to say politely. And we have a puppy who is probably the worst out of all three children. She's basically my child because I don't have any children. And she takes all of our time and energy because she is just so strong-willed. David and I, um, we got a dog what, five years ago, I guess, yep. about five years ago. And that dog runs this house. <laughs> and the kids <clears throat> love her. Like, I mean, they'll call and go, can I talk to Ziva? You know, or is Ziva home? Like, no, she went to the grocery store. I mean, you know. Yeah. So, Broke her having a drink with friends. Yeah, yeah. She went. She ran down the road to her buddy's house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we definitely understand the puppy thing. So, oh yeah. Do you um do you want kids of your own, or is that something that you've just decided you don't want, or you're just unsure right now? I'm unsure of right now. I just completed my master's this semester and started a full time position. So I'm really focusing on trying to develop my portfolio out and really um, become established in the field I'm in. I'm a GIS analyst. My boyfriend is also a GIS analyst. He does GIS for the city of Hartford, and I do it for the city of East Hartford. My undergrad is in geology. My master's is in earth science. So going to the municipality is a huge learning curve. We have talked about potentially having children in a couple years, but right now, we're just, I'm focusing on paying back my student loans and paying for all the things my dog gets into. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, what's a JS analyst? Did I, am I It's geographical information systems. So in short, it's mapping. I focus on the technology and development side. So I do a lot of mobile apps creating for the town of East Hartford. I'm currently focusing on their plow routes for the winter when 
we got snow and we track all the vehicles. So I'm building an application out that we can track them and plot their routes as they go. So it's basically taking locational data and understanding how those variables relate to each other to better serve the public. Cool. Do you also uh, do like crime mapping as well? Yes. So I do all of the hotspot analysis for the town. I help them plan their events, see when crimes go up. Now that it's summer, they'll have a little more in like domestic disturbance crimes with all the high schoolers out of school. Mm -hmm. So I've been helping them plan on where they want to do their preventative actions as well as working with community outreach teams to keep those kids engaged. So it's pretty interesting. So you can definitely different than geology. So you should create <laughs> you should create an app that measures like when step families have problems. Are the kids home? Are they not home? Is it a certain day of the week? <laughs> well, you know those heart monitors that people wear? <laughs> yeah. I think that step parents should have to wear those. Well we we know one that wears it. <laughs> not the heart, you know, the, the, the watch thing. That oh yeah. Yeah. You know, cause she says every time that she gets near the bio mom or yeah, heart rate goes up yeah, on her watch. The watch starts going beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> well, the bad thing about my boyfriend and I both working in this field is we notice the patterns instantly. So even like, I don't even have to bring them up or by the time I do bring them up, if he's not addressing it, he's always like, I know. And I was like, well, how do you want to fix this? I don't know yet. That's why I haven't brought it up. <laughs> that's pretty cool, though. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, I can see there being an app for you know stepmoms. Press this button when you're feeling stressed. I, it would definitely <laughs> take down a website or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it would be interesting data if everyone across the U.S. or even the world had it, and you logged it, and you started looking at the regional patterns. Be super fascinating. Yeah, yes, it would be. I know Lori says that um, Saturdays are the day I always get on her nerves, even though she has no data to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this recording right here is proof of one day because <laughs> we started off this way. Yeah, I um, I find it interesting, and I would I don't know how this data could be collected. Maybe somebody else can figure that part out. But I really think that stepmoms are um, going to the doctor more because they're getting put on medicine for depression or anxiety or they are suicidal. Yeah, yeah, we see that too. And it's sad. I know for me, I've, I mean, I've done undergrad, I've done master's, I've done so much research for my degrees and I've never been more stressed than dating my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> To be completely honest. Where, where do you see that that stress is coming from? It's more of his ex-wife is very high conflict and she creates a lot of problems for us. And then we have 50-50 custody. So unfortunately, the days after they do their five-day break there and come back here, it's always very stressful because they don't enjoy being there as much and they would prefer to live with us full-time. And they always just have these huge, like, adjustments in their mood, their behavior, how they act towards me and even my boyfriend. And so it's always very stressful because then you're like, all right, we get them, we get them back tomorrow, sun, Sunday morning. So you always have to prepare yourself. You're like, you know, they're going to be bad. <laughs> so you need to just calm down and take deep breaths and go for a walk with Lola if they're really on your nerves. And even because then I just actually after listening to the first time I heard your podcast and I was like, I need to disengage and just leave the house when they bother me and let him deal with it. 
But then he also is stressed because he doesn't always know how to deal with it as well. Because we both recognize it's their frustration for not wanting to be here or wanting to be here treated the way they want to be treated at their mom's house and them just reacting towards us because they know that we won't lash out at them. So I'm just like, that's your problem. I'm going to walk the dog. (laughs) Your stepkids would rather live with you than with their mom? Yeah, they don't enjoy being there because she keeps them from doing a lot of things. And she won't bring them places. And his son immediately knows. And his daughter's starting to pick up on it. So he kept the house when they got divorced. So they go to school in our town and she moves to the next town over, which isn't far because in Connecticut, not sure if you've ever looked at a map, all the towns are very, very tiny. So it's not a long drive going to the next town. I know other parts of the country are much larger. Right. But so we have them. Our 5522 isn't the traditional one. It's a little warp so we get them every Sunday and our weeks off we have them Sunday to Tuesday night then she has them Tuesday night to that Sunday morning or that Friday and then we have them Friday to Wednesday morning so every every other Tuesday we have them at night and my boyfriend started taking his five-year-old son to martial arts his son really liked it so he brings them every Tuesday and Thursday even on her days because she would refuse to bring them. She said it wasn't, it wasn't, I forgot how she worded it, but basically it wasn't important to her to bring him. And he really liked going. So now every Tuesday, Thursday, we have them. I am, I'm an amateur bodybuilder and I compete in the bikini division, which is longer, thinner muscles. My stage presence isn't very good. So I started taking adult ballet classes and his daughter really wanted to do it. So I started bringing her to ballet. These are the days I have her. but And she really wanted to do the recital. But their mom told her that it wasn't a good enough studio and she can't do ballet there. But then didn't find anywhere else to bring her. So now her daughter just does nothing. So they're starting to pick up like when they're with us, we bring them to what they want to do and let them do it. And we make them commit. So they have to be there. With her, she doesn't want to leave her house. So she just doesn't bring them anywhere. So it's just like hard for them us to get them in things because we know she doesn't bring them but then I can't pick them up from her house because she won't allow me there so my boyfriend's the one that has to be there and with ballet interferes with martial arts so he can't do both so it's kind of unfortunate and they're starting to pick up like if we want to do this Jenny and dad will bring us mom won't and they're just starting to realize they're missing out on a lot of things even her school concert the second grade no third grade I forget which grades they're in now it's technically fourth since it's summer, which I got that the other day because I said third grade still. So, so you know, yeah, she's now a fourth grader. Woo! <laughs> so, um, the third grade concert was last week, but it was on a Wednesday, so we never got the form home. And then I guess the other moms texted me, "Why isn't Maddie here?" And I was like, "Where? Where is she supposed to be? She's at her mom's house." And they're like, "Well, it's a third grade concert." So my boyfriend texted his ex-wife and she's like, I didn't think she needed to go to that. It's like, it's 45 minutes. Who cares? (laughs) Just sit there and sit on your phone if you don't want to listen. She can't see you in the audience. It's just sad because now she's truly just keeping them from things. Yeah, it it really is sad and it's unfortunate for the kids. I know um, David does the karate stuff or whatever you want to call it. (laughs) (laughs) And two of his kids or three of them. What's that? Wanted to do the karate thing for a little bit. Yeah, they all four did it for a little while. But it, we had the same issue with their mom didn't want to take them on her time. Mm-hmm. And in my situation, I've got my son pretty much all the time except every other weekend and a few weeks here and there during the summer and Christmas. And 
basically, when we were in court, the judge told us that we are not to schedule activities on the other person's time. So my son's never been able to sign up for anything that would involve a weekend, you know, game or um, practice or anything like that. Because like you said, his dad wouldn't take him. Mm. Hmm. Maybe we should start a step family sports league. A step family where you only have to go every other weekend. (laughs) Let me make a note of that. Step family sports league. (laughs) You just have to have double the amount of kids because every other week or weekend, only half the kids are going to be there. (laughs) Right. So you'd have two teams. You'd have like an A team and a B team. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, second week or the first and third week of the month team, and a second and fourth week of the month team. Exactly, I think I'm on to something. Here. I think you really might be because I, <laughs> y- you know, from the groups, people can't sign their kids up for stuff, and yeah. you know things like that. And then you've got um, one parent doesn't want to take them, or mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you've even offered mm-hmm. to take the child to the ballet classes, but mom wants to. No, she won't allow. She refuses to meet me and she won't allow me to do anything to like help if it interferes with her time. But then she always says that it's too inconvenient for her to bring her. So we're just like, you just don't want to go, but you also don't want anyone else to bring them. It's just right. <laughs> there's there's no benefit to her for her. So she's not going to do it. And then she's not going to let you take her because then that makes you look better than her. Right. Yes. It's sad. It really is. Um, you said, how long have they been split up? They've been split up. They were separated for quite some time, but it took them a while to get a divorce because she just kept pushing it off. Um, they were they got separated when their son was, I think, six months old, and then the divorce finalized when he was three. Wow! They shortly started dating after, but mm. she cheated on him, so that's pretty much why they got divorced. Obviously, because. He didn't want to stay with her after that. Um, But she's a teacher and my boyfriend does pretty well. So she wasn't quite ready to get rid of that financial support from him, but didn't want to live with him. So she was renting her own apartment and kind of just pieced the family out for like a year and a half. She didn't Mm -hmm. even come and visit the kids. She said she would cook dinner maybe once a week or visit them like once every other week. And that was it. So the first year they were separated, he was pretty much a single dad. She just didn't help at all. Like even daycare, she wouldn't even pick them up from daycare or drop them off in the morning. Wow. She was, and then he almost had full custody, but in Connecticut, it's a no fall state and they try to keep everything 50-50. So the judge asked her one last time if she wanted 50-50 and she said no. And then the judge is like, well, if you say no, you're going to have to pay X, Y, and Z in child support. And then she decided she wanted 50-50. So what, um, okay. You don't have to answer all these questions, but I got questions. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Would your significant other, does he want them all the time? He struggles with it. Cause he, the problem is we both live an hour from work and he moved out here cause she got a good teaching job in the next town over. Mm-hmm. That's why they bought the house here. So for him, he wouldn't mind having them full time. It just makes it hard for him to get to and from work and complete all of his hours. And he makes up a lot of time on the days that she has them because he has to go into work. He has to, he's contracted to do nine hours a day with a mandatory one hour lunch break. So for him to drive the hour down there, work the nine hours and come home, that's pretty much an 11 hour day and daycare's not open that long. So for him, it's hard to hit his 40 hours if we had them every day. 
Mm -hmm. Like he's been more open to trying to get them full time, but it's still, as I'm sure you guys know, and a lot of people know, it's harder for the father to get that primary custody without huge evidence of neglect until the kids are old enough to say they want to live in the court actually believe them, which is, I think, 12 in Connecticut. So he's kind of in a place where it's, is it worth the court fees that he's going to have to pay to try to get it and potentially not, or just try to keep it as is for now? Well, and, you know, the kids may decide that, yeah, they want to live with you, but they do not want to say that to a judge or, you know, talk bad about their mom and, you know, the um, parental loyalty. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sad, though. It bothers me for those kids because, like you said, they end up not doing anything, but they will see it. Yeah, his son says it to everyone, and he's so strong-willed. He's very, very, he's a stubborn kid, more stubborn than my dog. Um, (laughs) (laughs) My dog's pretty stubborn. His daughter, I feel bad for because his son's strong enough. His daughter's not, she's not a very dominant personality. It's very easy to kind of unfortunately manipulate her and her mom is very good at manipulating her and that's like so I'm not so worried about his son because he tells everyone all the time he doesn't want to live there and he's five like teachers know his friends know the first thing he tells anyone when he's coming back from there is he's like I don't want to live there but I'm told I have to (laughs) in like five-year-old words and his daughter's not as strong-willed and I just feel bad for her because I feel like you can see the negative effects their mom is having on them but like you can't do much about it. And I just want to be like, Madison, your mom isn't saying that to be nice to you. Don't believe her. But you can't say that because it's her mom. And there's, it's just hard during this like internal conflict. Because if any other adult said something like that to her, I would tell her straight up, that's a lie. You don't do that. But you can't say it when it's their mom. And it's that right. hard part. So. Yeah. People worry that the stepkids will, you know, want to be with the other parent because of the parental alienation that, say like the bio moms not letting the dad have them and things like that. And the reality of it is, is they may not realize it now, but they will realize it over time mm-hmm. without you saying anything. You just keep being the awesome person you are and let her keep being the piece of crap she is. Yeah. And that's what we like remind ourselves is like, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. It's just sad. Cause like, you don't want to see it eight, a seven, eight-year-old go through that emotional turmoil that's so unnecessary for an eight-year-old to deal with. And I think I'm one of the stepmom groups I'm in. Someone posted like the quote, it's sad to see like the children carry the weight of their parents' decisions or something similar to that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the sad part is you just see the kids getting hurt and almost being kind of like set up to almost fail all because one parent can't like remove their personal issues from the situation. Well, when you mentioned that she had cheated on him, it brought a lot into fruition. Yeah. I was able to understand the dynamics a little better because even though she's the one that cheated, she um, obviously has some hangups about him moving on with his life. Yeah. And that's when you first started dating, I had to really almost kind of bully him in to draw those strict lines because she was still trying to wedge her way into controlling our life. And I'm lucky because I'm, I don't know if I'm lucky, but I'm, I have a better support system because my mom's my dad's second marriage and his ex-wife has a lot of similar characteristics almost to the like cheating down to the T that were very similar. So my parents have been extremely supportive and helpful in helping Aaron get over things as well as helping us set boundaries with her, which is mm-hmm. awesome because I know a lot of people don't have that. Mm-hmm. But 
Well, you know, there's a fine line between, um, in perception-wise, there's a fine line between creating boundaries and just being hateful. Mm. Now, you know, that's how people look at it is, oh, if you set up boundaries, then you're being mean or you're not allowing them to do what they want to do. And that's crazy. We should all have boundaries. Yeah. I tell my boyfriend all the time, he needs to give me boundaries or I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And if it's bugging him, I don't know because he didn't give me that boundary. And I'm really good at making them, but he's really bad at making them. I'm great at making (laughs) boundaries. (laughs) It's always easier for the uh, step parent to make boundaries for the step kids. Um, Have you heard anything about guilty parent syndrome? He had a lot of that. I'm pretty sure when we first started, like he... What really made me angry and I probably went off the deep end a little bit is we were first started dating. I kind of knew the kids, but they didn't know me as his girlfriend yet because they were, Camden was three and Maddie was like six still. And it was Halloween and he lives in one of the only neighborhoods in the town we live in because the rest of it is pretty much farms. So he has a huge party, invites all the kids that lives on the farms over and they go trick-or-treating through the neighborhood. His ex-wife invited himself over. And I wasn't here because I was out with my friends because I was 23 and we were going out and partying in Newport, Rhode Island. I was at University of Rhode Island at the time. And his ex-wife is sitting on like the chair I moved into the house. And I was like, no, 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 that's not how this works. That's not happening. She's not allowed in the house anymore at all, especially after how she's treated me. And that was like one of those where he just let her in because he felt bad because a lot of other kids had both their parents there. And I was like, well, when you get divorced, you can't always have both your parents there, especially when the other parent isn't being nice towards you. She didn't even talk to Aaron the whole entire night, refused to talk to him. And I was like, how do you let someone treat you like that in your own home? Well, not just that, but the kids pick up on it. Yeah. And that's what, and when we first started dating, I felt so bad for his children because every single time he dropped them off, she would just yell at him to the point he used to have to put the kids outside and close the door because like it was just insane. So they'd be sitting on the front steps while she just yelled at him every single time to his daughter was having like panic attacks about going back there because she knew that their mom was going to yell at him. And it's just like, why? So unnecessary. It was always over silly things that had nothing to do with anything, but she was just angry. He was dating me. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder if your age has anything to do with it. I think so. Well, I think it's, big factor. Zarin said she she's one of those said that she can never leave the house without having like her makeup completely done, hair completely done and dressing to the T. They'd be late places, couldn't even go to the grocery store without being completely dressed. And it used to be one of his biggest frustrations. He's like, she only cared about how she looked. She goes, she could care less what the kids were wearing, how the kids look. She wouldn't even bathe them if he didn't bathe them, but she had to look pristine. And I think she has a very low self-esteem So then him going from they're the same age to then someone 15 years younger than them, not an easy. Yeah, she's like, oh, you and your young girlfriend (laughs) playing house with my kids and she wants to take them to ballet when I can't even tie my shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's probably exactly what she says. So I'm in amazing shape. Even when I'm bulking, I have a six pack. And so she, she doesn't work out at all, and she's a little heavier. And Erin said she's gained significant weight since they broke up. So now you're going someone that's the heaviest they ever been. And your ex is dating someone that wears a bikini on stage in stiletto heels. <laughs> like it's not a good, I guess, not a good confidence booster. Yeah, definitely. You're making me feel pretty bad about myself right now, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I like, dude. 
But let me think back. You can wear stiletto heels. Go ahead. You hush your mouth. <laughs> okay, let me think back. You said you are 25. Oh, girl, when I was 25, I was doing the same thing. What are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> probably were. I wasn't around then. <laughs> <laughs> I probably gave you a dollar and didn't know it. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> you pretty stupid. <laughs> so stupid. It been $5. Thank you very much. <laughs> I told my boyfriend he's only allowed to put 20s in there and he's not getting them back. <laughs> there you go. I brought uh, Lori home some uh, some little 100 yen coins from Japan. I said, I don't know where I'm going to put them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got sidetracked. Yeah, let's reel that, this but... thing back in. <laughs> All right, let's reel it back in. Reel it back in. All right, Jenny, you, you mentioned that you have stress and you mentioned that um, it's coming from the high conflict bio mom. Is there anything else in the relationship that's causing stress or is it really just all uh, dealing with her? For most of it's dealing with her. I've been in therapy when it start, first started to get really bad. Cause like one of the things my therapist did is she did like a Venn diagram and she did it when we have the kids and we don't have the kids. And I forgot what the middle section is, but him and I alone never fight. And we even started recording our fights, figuring out what they were. And the majority of them, unfortunately, <laughs> do revolve around the children. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We got, we got to back up. What was the diagram of Venn diagram? Yeah, yeah like okay. the two circles that overlap. Okay, yeah, I'm going to have to look that up. Now, <laughs> let's go back to... Um, recording the fights. You so, recorded your fights? It's like, hold on, let me press record. <laughs> Well, not like the fighting, like we kept an uh, um, Excel file and we did date, time, and kind of like rough length of the fight and exactly what started it, the things we said to each other and what ended it and how we felt after. Because you have to remember, so, we both collect data all day for our jobs. Right. So it's the app I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's the app. David's, David's going to be working on this app. David, we've got to work no, on the podcast we'll get, stuff we'll this weekend. No, to do the app. He, oh, he's going to get you to do the app, Jenny, for the... Um, My boyfriend and I will do it. He does actually do web design and app design on the side. We probably could build it. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. We we need to uh, we need to look into this. Yeah, we'll just <laughs> track all that. We'll have uh, <clears throat> we have Jeannie to go through and look at all the the different data and what matches up, and it'd be well, amazing. You know, I like doing stuff like that. Yeah, Jackson, um, my son <laughs>, laughs at me. He's like, "You always trying to figure out the percentage or the you know whatever. You can't just look it for something for how it is." I'm like, "Well, that's just how I am." That's how we are. It's kind of why we get along so well is we are actually very, for the most part, we're pretty good about removing, I guess, our own ego from the situation and we can truly discuss it. And that's probably the only reason we're still together. Cause like we both know when we're taking it too personally and we'll like, we just kind of tell each other we need to, and we can resolve a lot of our issues just by speaking to each other. Cause we do have that ability to do so. So it's been really good, but we also like to logics we want to make sure we're not fighting about the same thing so we have a fight we're like are this the same thing we we're fighting about a year ago if so how do we change it so we stop fighting about it or is this something we need to go to therapy together to discuss and then we do go to therapy to get together to discuss some of those issues then we move on <laughs> so well that, that's really interesting um <laughs> david and i both when you said that about recording the fights we thought that you meant you know like Bust out the phone, hit record, be like, okay, let's finish this. Or, know. You know. But it's really good what you're doing, though, because mm -hmm. it gives you something to go back and look at, like you said, a year from now and say, wait a minute, we've already had this issue. How did we get past it then? Obviously, it didn't resolve it. So let's look at a different approach. And that's a, that's a really good idea. I think that's probably a really good idea to yeah. for couples, and it would help with the communication part of it. Mm -hmm. Well, we've actually had a 
short discussion on having that ability within the academy. You know, we talked about putting that like a journal or diary yeah. type thing in there so that people can go in and, and document uh, what's going on and why something happened and when it happened. Because I think it's very beneficial when you can look back. Oftentimes you don't remember necessarily, you know, how something started and how it, what the outcome was. You just remember there was a fight about it. So it's good to go back and look at what the, the real data shows. Yeah, you start fighting about the dishes not being done. And then the next thing you know, it's you're fighting because the husband's never home. He's working too much. Oh, yeah. It just drags everything into it. Yeah. Yeah. Fights are funny that way. They end up off the different topic than they started with. <laughs> yeah. Because it brings out the bad. <laughs> Most of them, like, Slavit was just me being very short with his children. We were kept fighting over that. But then we realized, like, I'm short with his children because I'm not necessarily happy with how they're being raised in our house. So him and I, like, we sat down. So I worked at a special needs camp in college. So one day I was looking at him and I was like, Aaron, I had more respect for my special needs campers that barely recognize their own names than your children. And they're fully functioning. I'm like, how can we change this? And so we sat down and we wrote a set of rules and we put them on the fridge and they had chore charts and they had behavior charts and they had to earn. Um, basically, I did what I did at camp. We made a chart for each kid. Each, we broke the day into three segments. They had to earn a check for each part of that day. And as long as they got all of their checks and they could go two weeks, we'd go and get ice cream or something. And they would get warning. So I'd be like, Camden, it's that behavior, how we act here. No, or so we're going to lose a check. And eventually it just got to them being, we got rid of the charts after a couple of months because their behavior changed to a way we both felt they should act in our house. And we also had the rules on the board. So there was no misinterpreting what the rules were. I mean, Maddie could read Camden couldn't. So the very first thing they did when they came back to our house after being with their mother is Madison had to read the rules out loud and we'd sit at the dinner table and we would go over the rules and how we act to complete those rules and behaviors that we don't want to see and how we don't want to go over them. And then each week we'd be like, Camden, what did you do last week to lose a check? And if you remembered, he would say it. If not, we would remind him what he didn't. We'd be like, so how are you going to fix it this week? And then we used to make them figure out how they need to fix their behavior at the start of the next week. So they're already thinking about how they should act instead of just coming in and letting them do whatever they want when they first got here. So it was a lot of work, but now they act like perfect angels. And even at school, Aaron was getting emails from the teachers saying that like from preschool and school, how much the children's behavior has changed. And they're so impressed because we kind of gave them those boundaries here and held them to a high standard. Now, when you came up with the chore chart and the rules, um, were there also consequences? Yeah. So when you lose your check, lost your check, you then, we'd have to start over. No one got the reward. So it wasn't like one person got it and they didn't. So every two weeks, they got to choose together whether we go get ice cream or in the winter, there's like an indoor playscape area they enjoy going to. That would be it. But they both had to do it. So instead of like Madison always blaming her brother or ratting him out, it also got rid of some of the lying because now she was helping him be better so they could both go. And yeah, if they lost peer pressure, yeah, peer pressure. I like to view it as team building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good way to look at it. You know, one of the things that we talk about in the academy when people say, like, the bio dad works out of town or he's late coming home a lot of times. And the stepmom is with the kids and they're like, well, how do we do this? And we always suggest the agreed upon house rules 
chores and consequences. But they have to be agreed upon between, you know, the step parent and the bio parent. They have to be presented to the bio kids by their parent, but they're also presented as house rules, not Jenny's rules, not David's rules, not, you know, the mailman's rules. They are house rules. And in the bio parent's absence, for instance, if David was getting ready to leave, he would tell his kids, hey, um, I'm getting ready to leave. I'm going out of town for a few days. Remember, Lori's in charge. I've asked her to enforce the house rules and consequences for breaking the rules in my absence. Um, That way it gives me the authority to do it without me being the bad person. Because when they do something wrong or don't do what they're supposed to, I would say, remember, your dad said that I needed to take your phone because you didn't do your homework or something like that. You know, it's where the stepmom isn't the bad person. Mm. And it was good because my boyfriend also is an adjunct professor at one of the universities. So on Monday nights when he teaches and we have them, his parents were coming over and we had to have a whole discussion with them. Like, if you're taking on more of a steady caregiver role, you can't be spoiling them. So it's also worked because when they were here and I was at school still or in classes and my boyfriend was teaching, they knew what the rules were and they knew how to properly punish them because we just told them, if you want to be here every Monday night, that's fine, but you can't be spoiling them. Right. And so it was good because he gave his parents the outline. Any babysitter that comes over, we update the rules every six months or so as they get older. Obviously, the eight-year-old has slightly different. She can't get away quite as much as the five-year-old. And, um, but we update them. We recheck in on our standards, how they're acting and even chores every six months. We not even now it's summer. So they have a little more chores. So they're a little more dirtier. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We sit at the table and they get to choose their chores. So they each get to choose what we call like our easier chores, like dusting, wiping down the sink in the bathroom and harder chores, such as vacuuming and cleaning the toilet. Um, we decide Kind of, but they also have a say in what chores they get to do. So we're not trying to completely eliminate them out of it. We talk to them, they choose, but then they have to be accountable for what they choose. Like his daughter complains, I don't want to do the dishes anymore. And I was like, well, Madison, we sat at the table and you told me that was the chore you wanted. So like, you can't go back on your word to me. That's your chore until the next time we change chores. Right. So now they're also being held accountable for what they choose. And we've been spending a lot of time on focusing on accountability with their actions because that's something his ex doesn't quite have. She doesn't like being accountable for her actions. And we started to see his children pick up on it. So every single time they do something either good or bad, we talk about the pros and cons. So even, even small things when they clean their room and we don't ask them to, and they do it without asking. We obviously, they get sometimes like an extra, they don't, we're, a little strict and they don't get big treats after dinner. They get one or two Hershey kisses, but if they do it without asking, sometimes they get a third. And we discuss the pros of doing something at an action like that and their rewards. But then when they do something bad, we also discuss it. And we've taken away more of the yelling and the punishing and more just talking things through. So they start learning the pros and cons of all of their actions. That way they can't go back to their mom and being like, well, they yelled at us because that was happening. And then she was yelling at my boyfriend and then he was getting stressed and it got worse here so instead we talked about the pros and cons of everything and they started to learn it through their own actions right and that's really good too um my mom was a yeller (laughs) and i have to work really hard not to be a yeller and i have not um achieved that status yet (laughs) you never will um my son knows how to push my buttons 
as good as, if not better than David, and they enjoy it a little too much. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to have to learn to walk away from my own kid sometimes, too. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Well, I I did want to ask you um, a couple other things before we get to our little lightning round. So you're, you're very involved with these kids. Very much so. Like, I know I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of people could really remove themselves not chewing, but fortunately with the way our dynamic is, they view me like their mom here. So I really don't have that problem with you're not my mom or my mom says, but I guess it's easier for me because I still have that level of respect from them. And I guess almost like kind of a little bit of fear of kind of like when you are a little scared of your parents. Mm -hmm. Well, you've got your significant other. um, Y'all were both communicating these things. He's backing you up. So you've got that support and the kids are still, for the most part, fairly young. Yes, very much so. I'm sure it'll change as they get older. And we've already kind of talked about how the dynamic might have to change. But now it's more just yelling at, not really yelling, but it's asking them, can you put your plates away? And I'm hoping more of the things they get, when they're getting serious trouble, he deals with it. But most of the small things are, if any adult asks them, we both hope that they would do it without questioning it because to us, a lot of the things are more of just a level of respect for any adult <laughs> and just not being a kind of lazy kid. Right. Now, before you got um, in a relationship with him or when you decided to get in a relationship, did y'all talk about what your role in his kid's life would be? You know, would you be a disciplinarian? Did he want you to not really be that person? you just be more supportive with him? We didn't talk about it at all. We literally just kind of went in at the seam of our pants and started to figure it out as we went along. But he also, one of the things we noticed, or at least his his mother, his parents are amazing. They love me. They honestly support my decisions on a lot of things more than his. And when she was talking to me one day and she, cause she was getting frustrated with the children's behavior the same way I was. And he just wasn't. And I couldn't figure out why. And she goes, I think I figured it out. And I was like, what? She goes, they act just like his ex-wife. And Aaron is so used to those behaviors. He doesn't even notice them anymore. He's, she's like, it's like a filter. None of us filter out those bad behaviors, but he's built this filter to just completely ignore him. So it's kind of that light bulb for me where instead of us fighting over it, I had to really be like, Aaron, you do know this isn't like a normal thing for a seven-year-old to act, right? I don't know. And we had to spend a lot of time like, just even researching and reading and talking to other parents for him to start to actually notice these behaviors. And at that time is when we kind of start to develop a better plan. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We we were seeing if the dog was through barking. (laughs) Now she's the only one that really gets yelled at. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one, one other thing, and then we're going to hit the lightning questions real fast. Um, the transition times, we noticed when, more so with David's kids, because um, when we first started dating, we had them a lot more. Um, we had 11 out of 14 days or something like that, but then it changed to 50-50 a few years after we got married. And really, that made things worse for us. But we noticed that when the kids came back, it was two to three days before they kicked back into normal. And then you'd only have, you know, three, four days before they'd go back. And it's really hard. And we were talking about, well, you know, you have to give them time to transition from one house to the other. And my thought process is I don't get a transition time when I go to work on Monday morning. (laughs) You know, they don't go, oh, Lori, we know you've been home for two days. Just take it easy today and, you know, (laughs) 
do what you need to do. But at the same time, they are kids. And there is a lot of emotions tied with the separation and living at two homes and the whole 50-50, mom not wanting them to participate in things with you. And um, I really hope that gets better. Could you not take um, stepdaughter to ballet the Tuesdays that you have her or whatever? So the classes are only Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturdays. And we only have them for ballet times every other Saturday. She has them every Wednesday, Thursday. But for the summer, since she is a teacher and has the whole summer off, apparently it got decided with less of my um, input, which I was a little upset about, that we're going to have them every single night and just have every other Friday and Saturday without them. (laughs) So, And she's just going to pick them up in the morning before my boyfriend goes to work, and then he'll pick them up or she'll drop them off when we get home. So we don't have to pay for a daycare. Okay. I got this confused look on my face. <laughs> so your 50-50 is going to be daytime mom, nighttime dad. Yes. And then what about the weekends? Um, We'll have them still every Sunday, but sh- every other Friday and Saturday, she'll keep them. Wow. That's a lot of back and forth. 13 nights straight. <laughs> and, and that's because she doesn't want to pay daycare? Wait a minute. She's, yeah. she's off during the summer, so she wouldn't have to pay daycare. Per their divorce decree, if she doesn't keep them on his days, she still has to split the daycare costs, <gasps> and she doesn't want to. And so she decided, and kind of like basic, with all the camps they're signed up to, she basically made it so we couldn't like hire a nanny on our days to bring them because of the right of first refusal. Mm-hmm. So kind of just bullied him into having to kind of do the schedule. Otherwise they'd be back in court for who knows how long just over the summer. So over the summer, we're just going to bring them to sports every single night that we have them that they want to go to. And then he's kind of try to maybe go back to court and say that, well, we already have them every night. They can get the bus to and from our house. We can eliminate daycare, but she can only have them every other weekend because she doesn't live in the town. So well, kind of process. I really hope (laughs) that y'all get get 100% custody or whatever because um it's really sad it is and And, and not that not that i'm a proponent of take the kids away from their mom but she's really um using these kids as pawns and playing games and you know yeah just not you know i always you always want to take your kids best interest at heart when you're making those types of decisions yeah and that's and like, that's kind of where I told him, I was like, do you want to do something where you try to get it one week on one week off and make it fair? But he goes, but that he just doesn't, I don't know. Cause we were thinking about doing that instead of changing like the five, five, two, two, cause it is hard. So now you have to pack up all of this stuff cause they're only here for two days and then they're away for five. And it's just such a not very good schedule for the kids. And yeah. unfortunately she doesn't really do anything with them and is always trying to pawn them off on people. So we prefer to just have him full time, but we know she's not going to allow that. She just doesn't want to pay him. And it's just this huge, unfortunate thing because everything, every time they go back to court, she brings him back almost every six months. It's all about her and what changed in her life. So trying to change it so it benefits her more. I mean, she's a teacher and pretty much could have every, has every day off in the summer and refuses to keep them longer on a Sunday. So like him and I could work on a project without them here and then blames us. <laughs> Just like, make sure that you document everything. Oh, we document everything. We're data junkies. He is in Excel for days with all of the stuff. Good. Um, it's just insane. It's just sad because who's, who's the one suffering? The kids. But I always tell Aaron, like, it does not affect us. You and I are still strong and we're going to do whatever with or without your kids. And we're still going to work on that project. 
But unfortunately, your kids are going to be miserable because they we're, um, we're putting in a patio. And so him and I are still going to put that patio in. But now we can't do anything fun with your kids like we would normally do. <laughs> so right, right. not that we always do fun things, but they don't want to watch us put in a patio all afternoon. Like, that's not fun. No. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. <laughs> it might be. They might enjoy getting involved. No, they don't. <laughs> well, I was trying there. <laughs> Just give them that hammer. <laughs> One weekend they were okay. So like three it's taking us because we both work Monday through Friday. They're a little over it. So yeah. I was like, I thought I'd be done by now. And we're like, so did we, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, those projects, those weekend projects take forever. Yeah. Take three months. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's see. Let's go ahead and get these lightning questions. Hit the lightning round. Yes, dive into the lightning round. So we're going to ask you four questions and give us your answers. And my challenge here is always trying to keep Lori from making this longer than it has to be. <laughs> so Once again, folks. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, tell us, and I think we already know the answer to this one, but what has been the hardest part of blending for you? Probably dealing with my boyfriend's ex-wife and the personality changes that the kids go through. During the transition period. Right. Okay. Number two, what has been the best advice that you've ever received about blending? Not to take anything personally. Yes. That has nothing to do with you and just step back because it's not your problem. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, especially women <laughs> tend to take things more personally and it's easy to take things personally. If the stepkids walk in and you say, hey, and they don't say, hey, back to you. Well, that's personal to me. Mm. So um, when that happened, you know, thankfully I learned a nacho and I just didn't even say hey to him. I didn't set myself up for those hurt feelings. Yep. And then before long, we knew, before we knew it, they'd pull up and be like, where's Lori? Where's Lori? Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. So this one's going to take a little bit of imagination. But if you could travel back in time, knowing what you know now, what's one piece of advice that you would give yourself about blending? Um, hmm. And I'm going to refrain from the jokes about how young you are and you're going back in time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was, it depends on far yeah. back you go. You can't go back too far. Maybe a year. Yeah. <laughs> I would probably recommend tr tracking our relationships sooner. Like our fights, our agreements, our disagreements, like everything, the good, bad, and ugly. So we can start noticing those patterns earlier would have saved us a lot of time and frustration right cool you should take all your notes uh for you and your boyfriend and post them online so i can see all the fights and stuff i'm thinking about <laughs> i'm thinking you could turn it into a book yeah you really could oh god we probably could he's we'd have to add a lot more writing him and i like hate writing so it's the most bulleted abbreviated like worse than a secretary taking notes type thing mm -hmm. so probably only him and i understand it would probably take me a week just to decode them <laughs> it's like like the text message in shorthand that kids use yeah. even worse because we abbreviate every single thing in our job because we always have to put all this data into such small tables that only have the 50 minute like character limit Mm -hmm. So it's like just a nightmare, but <laughs> probably could. <That's> <laughs> we could probably just put like a rough draft forum of some few examples for people. Or we could make it a decode their, <laughs> decode their arguments. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can go ahead and tell you now, it really wouldn't matter because everybody would say, that man's a piece of crap. You should get rid of it. <laughs> I, <know>, <laughs> I posted one thing in one group. I since left the group because everyone was so negative in it. And I was like, <laughs> it wasn't our group. <laughs> person 
I'm like, he just messed up really bad in this one situation because he was mainly, he felt guilty towards his kids. So he just didn't think logically. He thought more emotionally. And it's normally when we have problems is when we think on emotions and not logic. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, David laughs because he'll be like, oh, they just going to tell her to leave or, you know, kick him to the curb. Yeah, everybody can make decisions for you when those decisions don't affect them. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Um, I know, David, I'm sorry, but I got to tell this. (laughs) (laughs) There was somebody had posted in the group about being in a bad relationship. And this other lady responded and said, leave. I'd leave if I were you. And then this other member replies and said, oh, that's interesting that you give that advice, considering that you're one of the ones that has the worst relationships in this group. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I'm sure you guys see it in some of the groups. Like the same people post this, like very similar problems on a regular basis. And I've even and then you read them. And I'm like, you literally posted the same thing slightly different last week. You didn't take anyone's advice. Like. Clearly, you have bigger issues going on, and maybe it's not your significant other. Maybe you both need to internally work on yourselves. Yeah, people are good at giving out advice. Yeah, and, and, and most people don't want help. They just want to complain. Yeah. And they yeah. want validation for their complaints. And that's one of the things that we struggle with in the Nacho Kids Facebook group. And one of the reasons that we created the Academy was because it's really hard to teach people how to nacho properly when you've got all these other people that don't know how to do it, giving these people advice and it just, Mm. it gets convoluted. And then the next thing you know, it's nachos horrible and that we're abusing kids. And yeah, there's, there's really a small percentage of people that really honestly won't help. And, and you have to try to find those people, the needle in the haystack and give them somewhere to go to get that help. And that's not just with us. We've talked to numerous other counselors that have been doing this a lot longer than we have. And they see the same uh, patterns. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like anything else, if you're having a lot of problems, but you refuse to go to therapy to fix it, even if it's not even blended family related, then how are your problems going to get better if you don't do the work? Like, yeah. You have to do the work. Well, the other it's not fun or easy. That's why it's work. Right. Yeah. And, and the other thing we see is that people tend to go to other people with problems to try to solve the problem, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy. It's almost like, you know, if you have a drinking problem, the alcoholics and anonymous people meeting at the bar, <laughs> yeah, you go to the bar. To talk about your drinking problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, okay, the last question. <laughs> Who got off on a tangent there, buddy? That's your fault. It's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one. Um, so what's the one thing that you would tell other people that are facing uh, blended family challenges about um, you know, about blending? So they're coming to you. They're asking for advice. What's one thing you would tell them? I tell everyone to find a hobby. <laughs> find something that you can do for yourself to focus on yourself because the only way you're going to make it in your relationship is if you're happy with yourself so like I go to the gym and I walk my dog and that's what I do for myself to keep me grounded like there's a lot of women I've noticed in the group that like make a dramatic move and they truly have nothing in their life that's for themselves and I think you have to be selfish to make it in a family unit like this because that's the only way you'll give yourself what you need to be successful. Yeah. Um, I'd started, it was after we had our, after I started nachoing that mm-hmm. we went to the painting place, the yeah. ceramic place and girl, I could be in the middle of a war and just paint like crazy. And it what's going on around me does not affect me. It's, it's my retrieve, my relief, my whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's very important to have those things. Some people like to read, some people like to shop. Some people like to write. You know, there's. Yeah, I play video games. <laughs> yeah. 
my boyfriend makes knives. That's his hobby to deal with it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He's not always good at it, but he does it. <laughs> <laughs> does he sell them or just for fun? He sells them too. Um, well, let's, pr- let's promote his website. What's his website? <laughs> Nash Knives. You can find him on Instagram. I don't know if he has a website. Nash Knives. I can email it to you. Nash Knives. Yeah, email it to me. Um, so that I guess that maybe is why you're so in shape is every time you got stressed out, you went to the gym and next thing you know, you have a six pack. Yeah, it helps a lot. So I should and stress you out, Lori. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. <laughs> There, I yeah. also um, became a group fitness instructor and I teach at a women's gym. So that's been a great support system there because in this area, a lot of people are like the second wife or on their second marriage. And they, so it's like during spin class, everyone vents about the ex and their step kids. <laughs> <laughs> classes. And you'd be shocked how, how long people climb that hill. If you can tell them they can say whatever's bugging them and it's a stress-free zone. My spin class has basically been the venting first blended families. (laughs) That's funny. Wow. That's awesome. I need to send you some nacho cards to hand out to the people that need them. (laughs) Yeah. They're just like, we've been there. You'll make it through. It gets better. (laughs) Yeah. And that's one of the things, um, or one of the reasons that David and I do this is because we feel like that if we came from the depths of hell, basically, (laughs) and not only saved our marriage, but I ended up having a great relationship with the stepkids and our bond is really good that anybody can do it. It's just, Mm -hmm. like you said, it takes work. And one of the hardest things for me was to realize that I needed a lot of the work. Mm -hmm. So that's where I was so angry, but we were fighting one day and my boyfriend's like, babe, did you ever think you were the problem? (gasps) And of course, obviously I was like, I'm not the problem. And I was like, I probably am. (laughs) Yeah. But that night was not a good night. <laughs> well, nobody likes to think that they're the problem, but the reality of it with me um, <laughs> was it was me and I didn't like it that way. In fact, I try to make myself feel better to say it wasn't me that was the problem. It was my reaction to things that was the problem. Mm. Yeah. But if somebody said, oh, well, my significant other told me that I'm 95% of the problem. I'm like, you're probably more like 100. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why well, pull punches here? Yeah. <laughs> Now we've reduced it to everyone's the problem equally. Some days it's me. Some days it's my boyfriend. Some days it's the kids. And most days it's the dog. Yeah. But, just rotate it out. Yeah. Just rotate it out. It's well, never me. So I don't understand what you're talking about rotating it out. Y'all getting ready to hear Dave get punched in the face. <laughs> Watch we can be reported for violence or something. She's yeah. promoting knives and punching her husband in the face. Yeah. That's that's her love language. That is my love language. Abuse. <laughs> I'm kidding, people. Please don't send me hate mail. <laughs> well, Jenny, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Yep. As well. And we have learned a lot and we um I've made notes to where maybe we can come back later and see how you're doing. Yeah, you of know, course. Please do. Maybe in a year or so, we can touch base with you. and Yeah, whenever you're not so stressed out and then you're fat. <laughs> <laughs> well, my goal is to get my pro card in the next year or so. so. <laughs> wow. What's a pro card? So um, in bodybuilding, if you go pro, you can compete at other shows, but you're, you're basically a pro athlete. So I'm at the amateur level and I specifically do bikini, which is very long, lean, um, more feminine muscular. So it's not very bulky. And you wear these gorgeous bikinis that are stupid expensive. 
I'm saving up for my dream bikini. And then you just, um, you have this whole walk and everything. And then at the pro level, you get sponsored. Well, not really sponsors, but you're just a pro athlete. Cool. So that's my goal. Well, how much is the bikini that you're saving for? 800. Yeah. <laughs> how much? 800. Holy moly. Wow. My amateur bikini was, um, I bought it used for 100 for my coach, but she paid 350. Yeah. But think about it, honey, though. She's, she's making $20 a pop off her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't take long to get 800 bucks. She just needs to dance more. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just. I know. I can tell him if he leaves, if he puts my name on his credit card, it's going to be problems for him because I'm going to have a lot of bikinis because he makes way more money than me. Oh, wow. Telling me no. So now, next time we talk to her, that'll be the topic of the fights. It won't be the. It'll the be mom. the credit card yeah. and bikinis. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that, that's just amazing. Yeah, they're they're stunning. Like, um, I they're all handmade. They're beautiful. Better have some diamonds on it or something. Yeah, they have the the Zikorsky crystals. Yeah, <laughs> everywhere. And I want a nice gold one so I can wear gold heels. And my boyfriend's like, "How about you get one from Target?" In my Target. <laughs> <laughs> I keep telling him no. <laughs> Tell him his Target shopping's what got him his ex-wife. Exactly. <laughs> David no David has a um a cousin that his wife does the um oh what do you call it oh the Iron Man Iron Man yeah she does the Iron Man stuff yeah oh yeah that's hard I don't run that far <laughs> girl if you see me running there better be a donut other on the other end or you better run behind me it's probably somebody chasing her if yeah she's running <laughs> <laughs> uh uh-uh, no but um it just amazes me I think. The last one took her what, like eighteen hours or something? Or that's insane. Um, I do weights and a little bit. I spin. I don't run. Yeah, that's crazy. Run minimally. <laughs> uh, uh-uh, no. Um, all the power to you and to her though, because I just I can't imagine. I can't even sleep that long. <laughs> <laughs> Much less be active that long. That's insane. All right. Yeah, so I'm gonna um, be in touch with you on how to get me using my recumbent bike. <laughs> That I haven't used in 10 years. Yeah, that's a great close <laughs> Make me choke, David. All right. Anyway, <laughs> well, you have a great day and thank you again. And we will be in touch and yeah. we look forward to talking to you maybe next year. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Bye, Jenny. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Well, that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's always interesting. You know, we talked about transition times. Mm hmm. And that is something that we noticed with your kids and with my son, even that the kids come back from the other parent and they really need time to adjust. Yeah. I remember you complaining about that. Well, because my <laughs> thought process is, is I don't go to work Monday morning and then go, Oh, sweet little Lori. We know you've had two days off. We'll wait till tomorrow to make you work. <laughs> no, you just didn't work until Tuesday. Ah. <laughs> uh, that's because I need transition times. Yeah, exactly. But no, the kids mm. do need transition times. They are younger. They most of the time are coming from a house with no to little rules or responsibilities and then going to a house that they have a little bit more responsibilities and rules. Yeah. I mean, just think of think of uh, you having a job where you go to one job, one you know week, and then next week you get to another job in this you know, it's a similar type of job, but there's different rules and different expectations. And you have to adjust. Right. Well, look at it that way. That's a good way to look at it. You have to adjust to a different boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But I think a lot of times as adults, we don't understand that the kids really do need that extra time to transition. Got to get all that evil out from the other place. That's right. <laughs> Take them shower with Clorox or something. <laughs> Wash it off. But then you've got kids that, like this one, where it's not a one week on, one week off. It's more of a two days here, two days there, or whatever it is. Yeah. And see, in, in those cases, my belief is that, you know, you, the kids don't have a home at all. You, you, you know, people think, well, if you have stepkids, they have two homes. Well, potentially, but at the same time, no. They really never have a home period because they're, they're getting shifted around so much. That, you know, if, if you if you were moving back and forth between two houses all the time, you wouldn't really feel like either one were, was your home. They're just they're just places you stay. Right. And it's like somebody that travels. You know, if you travel, leave your house on Monday morning and you come back Thursday night, the hotel you stayed in is not your home. Yep. So, I, I mean, I didn't have to go through that growing up, but I can see how kids never get a sense of what a home life truly feels like because they're they're being shifted around. And then you've got the whole you can't take this to the other parents' house because I bought it. Yeah. And I mean we were like that. Yeah, with a lot of stuff because we just knew what the end result of that would be. Mm -hmm. Now you're not taking your PS one or whatever it was back (laughs) then. then. (laughs) Zero point two because we know that it won't come back or it'll come back damaged or Mm -hmm. worse, you know we get get the kids and we get them all settled in that on that Monday. And then that night it's like, Oh, I left something at my mom's house. Oh gosh. Now I got to communicate with her. And that happened a lot. And and then find a way to go get the stuff. And I'm already trying not to have contact as, as little as possible. And especially not contact where I've got to physically be in the presence. <laughs> and you're just like, Oh, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. But it did happen a lot. Mm, of course it did. Because they knew you would go get it. Well, of course I would. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would too. Well, a lot of it too is how we how we switched kids. Like we used the school as a place to do that. So one of us would drop them off there for school Monday morning. The other one would pick them up in the afternoon. So obviously if they had things like, you know, PlayStation or whatever, you can't take it to school. And so we had those things like that where uh, it was an issue. Didn't y'all go through a period where every Monday y'all had to meet to exchange stuff? I think so. Yeah. Mm. I'm so glad those days are over. <laughs> Me too. But I know um, it's funny. I was talking to my niece one day and her little girl's five and she said, Mommy, 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 I left my lovey at school, you know, like her stuffed animal. Mm-hmm. And my niece told her, she said, well, I told you this morning that you would forget it and you promised me you wouldn't. She said, so you're going to have to wait till tomorrow to get it. And my response is, turn around and go take that baby to get her lovey back. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm not. And I was like, well, I'm proud of you. I mean, for, for not doing that, because I would have. I would have drove back to the school and got the lovey. Yeah. Yeah. But if she, if she was in a situation where her daughter wasn't there, because they were having to do custody schedules and all that, she may have a very different opinion on how she should oh, yeah, definitely. handle that. Yeah, because she's in a nuclear family. Right. Because you don't want to, well, I mean, we'll get down this whole path, but you feel like you have to keep building up all this um, this great stuff in your kid's life and in, in, in the love bank, if you want to call it that. So you have to do all this stuff because you know that there's so much negative 
that comes out of just the situation that they're in that you overcompensate uh, on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of bio parents do overcompensate in a lot of areas and a lot of areas because of the guilt. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a challenge. Mm-hmm. And we see that a lot when, you know, I just say women mostly because that's who's in your group. But you know, women are like, you know, I can't stand how my significant other doesn't follow through with consequences. And he says he's going to do this. He doesn't do that. And, you know, part of it is the fact that people tend to make uh, the punishment more severe than what they're willing to do anyway. And so they set themselves up for failure. And then the other side of it is the whole uh, point of you just don't want to do anything that's negative, especially when it's you know time when you're about to send them back to the other parent. You don't want them to leave you with the last thing, you know, being a negative interaction. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that old saying, don't go to bed mad. Mm-hmm. Don't send your kids back to the other bio parent mad. Yeah. And so you would try your best. I say you, meaning you and I both. You try your best. Like the last day they were there, you, you know, you really wanted to kind of leave them with a a really good experience or a really good feeling. And, you know, so you try to do everything you could to make it as, as good as possible. And, uh, you know, if, depending on your custody schedule, that last day before they switch back might be fairly frequently. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could be a week before you see your kid. And there's somebody that I talked to recently that does two weeks on, two weeks off. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, that, that would be tough. No, I couldn't do it. And, and at the same time, you know, when you pick them up, you don't want the first thing you do is, to jump on them either. Yeah. <laughs> and so you've got, you know, the time that you just get them back and then the time you're about ready to let them go. Both of those times are kind of like, okay, we can't do anything bad during these times. Okay. So we just identified that the parents have a transition. They do. Problem too. They absolutely do. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's, you hadn't seen your kid all week long, let's just say, and you pick them up and the first, what is the first thing you're going to do? Or you jumped out of the throat because of their grades or something they didn't do the week before or, or whatever. And typically not. You don't want to start out that way. It's like you don't want to walk in the door of the house, you know, kick the door in and start hollering at the significant other about something that happened or they did or didn't do. I mean, that's a bad way to start things off. Mm-hmm. And then conversely, <laughs> you don't want to end up that way where, you know, the last thing I remember about, you know, my dad is every time the day before he dropped us off, we, you know, got in trouble for something or fussed at us about something or whatever. So, you know, that's a week long uh, thing. You certainly don't want to send them back to the other because then if they start complaining about you, Lord knows the other side is going to jump on that bandwagon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of obstacles to that. So cut yourself some slack, people. Cut yourself some slack. Yeah. Well, the big thing is just being mindful and recognizing all the things that go into how you think, feel and act in your decision-making process, not just for you, but even, you know, for your significant other. Don't get so mad at him because he's not following through when there's a lot of things around that follow-through and and what he said and said he's going to do and what he didn't do. I mean, yeah, it's frustrating. Don't get me wrong. It is super frustrating. Uh, and if you're the one who's, who's saying, I'm going to punish you and you're not following through, then, you know, be mindful of that. Be mindful of the punishments you're setting up. Don't think that, hey, if I make this punishment so severe that they're going to do what I want them to do, you need to be thinking that if I'm telling them this is the punishment they're going to get, this has to be something I'm willing to follow through with mm-hmm. 100% or don't even say it. Right. And considering that I nacho, I never had to worry about saying that with the kids, stepkids. No. Right. But I threaten everything with my kid and it does no good. 
But I remember you've brought it up before. I remember one time I told my kids that they weren't going to go to a birthday party if they didn't do something. I don't know what it was. And I was fully prepared to not let them go to that birthday party. But then I found out that my four kids were like half the party or more. Yeah, I think they were almost like the whole party. Right. So if, if I didn't let my four kids go to this kid's birthday party, then he would have nobody there or maybe like maybe one other person there. And so I let them go. And the whole reason I let them go had nothing to do with them. It really was because I didn't want this other kid's party <laughs> to be ruined. And so I let them go. Well, did the kids tell you that they were the only ones invited or did you speak to the parent? I think I spoke to the parent. Okay, well, I'm hoping so because if not, the kids just got one over on you. Yeah, maybe. But no, I want to think I, I spoke to the parent because I told them they couldn't go. And then I was, you know, then I had the parent call me. You're going to ruin my kid's yeah. birthday party. So I think my kids told the other kid and the other kid told his parent, you know, they're like, oh, my God, nobody's going to be here. And then they called me and. Um, and David puts them all in the car and I'm like, "Woo, way to show them. Stick to your guns. Yeah. So. Yeah. And she's attacking me while I'm, you know, trying not to ruin this other kid's birthday party. Way to go, Lori. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> Stepmom evilness <laughs> portrayed. Yep. So just remember, you're not the only one struggling in this. And even though you may not understand the guilty parent syndrome, I'm going to come up with a better term. But just because you may not understand that, it is real. It does not mean that your significant other is weak. It just means emotionally, this whole blended separation togetherness crap is hard. Yep. So go eat some nachos and chill. <laughs> it is. And I think people need to... Recognize that and give themselves a lot of grace and give their significant other a lot of grace as well. And even the stepkids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody. Everybody's struggling to figure this out and and make things better. That's right. So, you know, jumping on the stepkids, not a good idea. You're not going to get things to go better your way. Jumping on your significant other because the stepkids not doing what you want them to do. Um, most of that stuff just doesn't work. Right. And that's why nachoing helps so many people because if I'm complaining about David's kids, they're complaining about me. He's stuck in the middle. He doesn't know what to do. It's kind of the rock in a hard place thing. Whereas if I step back and let him parent, then he's not doesn't feel like he's stuck in the middle, which improves my relationship with him and also my relationship with his kids. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Anything else? Nope. That's it. All right. So join us next week, folks, as we do some more nachoing. <laughs> listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.